I'm Amanda Rosani with Digital CXO, and I am excited to be here with Tom Quish, who is the SVP of Customer Experience at RightPoint, and Tyler Maynard, who is the VP of Solutions at RightPoint. How are y'all doing today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Great. Great. Um, can you share a little bit about your background and experience, and I'll let you choose who goes first, and then just share what does RightPoint do? Tyler, why don't you start, and then I'll pick up where you leave off. Awesome. Um, so again, Tyler Maynard, um, VP of Solutions. Uh, my background, it has a long history, so it depends on how far back you want me to go. But um, you know, the past five years, I've been really focused on solutioning for enterprise um, MarTech. And so you know, anything from getting ready for a personalization strategy and the Adobe technologies behind that to CMS uh, delivery, all that kind of good stuff. Um, been focused there. In a previous life, I was um, a solution architect at a bank, so coming out of financial services. And then in a previous life before that, I was um, a production kind of designer at backcountry.com. So kind of a long history of uh, getting to the point, but I think the relevance there is, you know, it's really got me from understanding content from being a content author, producer, all the way up to developing systems for content um, and marketing. So I'm um, long history there. Um, I'll start with kind of what my role is at right point and how I look at things. And then I think Tom will be able to cover kind of the broader part, uh, but specifically, you know, in solutioning with Adobe, we are looking at how do we take the Adobe technologies and apply that to our customers' biggest challenges. And so this could be anywhere from developing, you know, Adobe Experience Manager, setting up an assets practice, um, getting even larger into like content supply chain. Um, but really my, you know, what, where I focus mostly is the Adobe technology platforms. Um, and then, you know, how do we take experiences that are de designed intuitively and deliver that through Adobe technology? Um, and I'll let Tom jump in now and kind of speak to more of that. Yeah, no, that's great. So uh, by way of introduction, yeah, my name is Tom Quish, SVP of Customer Experience at RightPoint. Um, my background is is, uh, is 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 also sort of varied and different, but I came up through the UX and design side. So I've worked in a variety of different agencies and, and carry with me a, a mixed bag of uh, brand strategy, campaign, creative um, platform, and digital product work. Um, so formally, uh, within RightPoint, I led the uh, the design group, um, so that was inclusive of uh, interaction design, motion design, visual design, product design, um, and recently, um, you know, as of uh, January of this year, I've sort of taken over this role of uh, CX solution lead. Um, so in that role, uh, you know, I work with with folks like Tyler to ensure that we're um, you know partnering with CMOs, CXOs, and, and marketing teams across retail, CPG, FinServe, uh, healthcare, um, technology, and OEM clients to uh, to ensure that. You know their CX strategies are are being implemented across the board, and um, we're kind of you know mixing that uh, art and science across sort of the strategic initiatives and the, and the technology implementation work. Um, so that's uh, that's a little bit about my role and, and what I do. And, and from a right point perspective, <clears throat> we like to use this frame of total experience. I think it's something that you've referenced in 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 the past, Amanda. Um, but what we like to kind of 
say makes up the the idea of total experiences is these three pillars employee experience so you know ensuring that we're empowering employees to actually you know do the things that they need to do efficiently in service of the client um uh, customer experience obviously is the is the second pillar that we'll talk about today and then um the third is is product experience so um on the px side you know we like to think that we can address moments um within a customer journey by way of helping organizations innovate around different digital products that might enhance that experience with a brand whether it's you know a mobile or a web app or an you know augmented reality or virtual reality experience or iot technologies those types of things that you know would would operate as a touch point within a customer's journey um is is what we refer to as px so that's kind of how we like to look at it across ex cx and px and aligning those things um to inform a, a more cohesive customer experience strategy so um you mentioned adobe and i believe that's where we first met was at the recent adobe summit last month and how do you fit into the whole digital transformation story for businesses you mentioned a few different things but can you give any examples or uh, use cases of how you help businesses achieve digital transformation yeah i'll start here and tyler i know you've got some some specific examples um it's it's interesting because I feel like we're in this 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 weird place in time where a lot of organizations feel like they've gone through a digital transformation. Um, so in some cases, in some organizations, it's almost a dirty word. Um, but in other areas, obviously, you know, they feel like they are going through a transformation or want to take on a transformation. So we're always, you know, wanting to meet the client where they are in their in their journey. Um, and so um what we what we were hearing at summit a lot of was was more about how do they you know continue to optimize what they have or you know hey we're just coming out of our digital transformation how do we evolve our processes and our talent to do more with what we've invested in to realize all the benefits of the transformations um all of that said our, our services span across you know design strategy and technology and so um in those cases you know we're looking to help our clients who are well positioned to, you know, go through those transformations really evolve and optimize um, as, as a part of that sort of modernization process. Um, Tyler's got a few examples, and I know, you know, based on the Adobe Summit uh, reference, we can we can talk about a few of those specifically. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when I think about digital transformation, I'm like with Tom a little bit, like in this industry, we get caught up in these buzzwords all the time. And it's like, you know, we've been doing digital for a while. And so companies have been transforming themselves digitally for, you know, the past 20 years. Um, and I think there is like this big push with this buzzword, like trans digital transformation, like what is that? And how do we prepare for it? How do, and then like, what do we actually do? Right. Um, and it, and it gets interesting because it's really about this vision, right? This vision of uh, the way that I see it is, you know, we have our customer at one end of this, this vision and we have our business at the other end of this vision. And then like, how do we shorten this distance as much as possible through both design and technology, right? Um, that is like the way that I, like when I put all this in my head, like the best way to visualize a digital transformation, because we start thinking about the teams that are involved. We start thinking about the technology. Um, we start thinking about the customer journey. Uh, we start thinking about like what the goals are. Um, and then it's really about like what areas can we improve? How can we shorten that gap? Right. Um, and we do this in a lot of way. And I think like 
One of the biggest things that I think of, and this is why I think RightPoint is successful at this, is we do look at things from not only a technology perspective, because usually when people think digital transformation, they're thinking technology. But, you know, we really take an experience design approach to this because without the design, like you have to design that experience in order for it to be frictionless. Um, and the more frictionless that we can that we can bring into this, you know, digital transformation process, and that's friction from not only the users, but when we talk about total experience again, you know, how what is the friction like to create the content or upload the assets or collect the data to create the audience that I'm trying to target, right? Um, and so all of this coming together is digital transformation, and we've been doing it, right? Every company's been doing it, but it's about we're in that maturity model and then about, you know, developing that digital culture. <clears throat> and we've got, you know, some specific examples. I think the biggest one that we've been working on, um, at least me personally, I think there's a whole bunch, but one that was like, I would say like a very quick, like we're going all in kind of digital transformation was with um, a Grand Design RV. Um, essentially, you know, it, the problem started with, content supply, um, like a content supply chain problem. And so the, the problem was really, I have all of this content and their content was essentially floor plans for their RVs, right? They had these floor plans and these were kind of, you know, I guess the golden ticket for their salespeople because they went through like not as traditional sales, but they have, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? Slipping my mind right now, but you have to go through a dealer, right? They don't sell direct. And so you're, you're creating all this content and you're giving it out to dealers and the content wasn't correct. The pricing was wrong. And then, you know, the, the PDF, it would have wrong information and the wrong pricing. And so then they had all of this basically digital content out into the world and on their website that wasn't in sync. Right. And so this was a very, very digital first problem. Um, and you know, the vendors are spread out. And so you have the kind of this, this giant network of information that you're trying to consolidate. And so what we did with them is we basically said, okay, how can we organize and focus on this problem um, and create a system that allows information to flow effortlessly as it's created? And so this would be, you know, hey, we have a new floor plan. We have to get the designs done. We have to get the specs. We have to like get all this kind of stuff. And then we have to create the documentation, which was done in InDesign. And then we have to deliver that out to the customers, right? And by customers, it's not even really the end customers. It is the, you know, dealers. And then the dealers are the ones giving it to the customers. And so there's kind of this. And so we built basically a workflow starting with Workfront, with Adobe Assets, with AEM, that you could collect the information, distill it, organize it and then deliver it both to the website out to the vendors in a channel that's a uh, very you know consistent and that way we don't have this like duplicate information floating around and then that was just the beginning pillar of their digital transformation you know at that point it was like what's next right and this is how these digital transformations go but it was okay well now can we build a, an app right now that we've got this foundation of data and workflow and process, what can we add to it? And so we ended up doing a website, we're doing an app, um, and this is all geared towards the customer now. 
because we're trying to get more customer centric with them and get a relationship built directly with the customer and not the dealer. Right. So, so anyway, that was a long winded story. Um, does Great that example. answer your question? Great example. And it seems to me what I'm thinking from, from your story is that there's not just one big digital transformation and done. This is an ongoing, ever evolving journey. Correct. It's, I mean, you're, you're never going to be done. I'm, and we talk about, you know, the technology being one part and the design being the other part, like expectations are changing, right? Customer expectations are changing. That means that sometimes we have to go back to the design board, look at the customer journey and say, Hey, like what are, what's happening here? And that's where, you know, Tom and his team and his previous life <laughs> at right point, um, really focused on like doing a lot of research because you have to have the appropriate data points to make these informed decisions. Um, and then where we're really trying to push digital transformation, and this goes a little bit beyond the um, experience side, you know, when I think of collecting analytics, because when we start talking about things like content supply chain, which is a real hot item coming out of Summit, um, you know, that there's transformation from the experience side, and, and you collect a lot of data to make these decisions. And so when I think about that, I think of, um, we call it experience data, right? What are they doing on my website? What are they doing on my mobile app? Um, you know, and that really goes to the customer journey. But digital transformation really starts to play in operational data as well. And so, you know, how long does it take me to create content? Um, what is the cost of that content? Um, where's that content going? And then we start to talk about operational data. And so this is data that's coming out of your business and how you're functioning, right? Um, and that's the kind of the magic uh, that we're playing in because we're, we talk about a employee experience. Sometimes we're talking about that. Like, let's look at the employee data and see how great or miserable their life is in the production process. Um, and, you know, there are tools like Workfront that allow us to take a look into that, get that operational data. And then when we start talking about full digital transformation, again, going back to the top or total experience, you know, now we have a view of the customer, we have a view of the business, and again, goes back to let's let's shorten this gap, let's get them closer together. So it's almost like having a, a, a real relationship, right? Tom, did you have anything to add to that? That was that was a lot. So I, I'm just uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm letting us all absorb. Um, no, I, th I think that's right. I think you know it, it's interesting in in the notion of meeting sort of clients where they are in their in their journey, um, I think is important. And in a lot of cases, you know, it starts, I'd say in all cases, it starts with a vision, right? And and I think a lot of organizations are, you know, have a vision to be more customer centric. And I think um, it's how they go about executing against that vision, um, you know, that, that, that we can support. So I do think, you know, as we've been talking, you know, it's one thing to say we want to be customer centric, but if you ignore the employee experience component of that and empowering your employees to actually, um, you know, in this case, you know, produce content that gets rolled out to dealers and ultimately, you know, finds its way into the hands of the customer, um, then, then you're, you know, you're faltering in terms of realizing that vision of customer centricity. So I think, you know, we come in and try and take a holistic view of how we might leverage technology and other sort of people processes um, to be able to uh, really move the needle in terms of how brands engage with their customers, how they drive loyalty, how they um, increase affinity for the brand and, and ultimately create more value for the customer. 
Tyler mentioned customer expectations changing. What are some of the trends you're seeing in customer expectations and the online experience that uh, businesses should take note of to transform and uh, offer the services that customers expect? Yeah, no, that's a good one. I'll, I'll start, and then Tyler, you can you can kind of weigh in. But um, I, again, I think with the ubiquity of, of of mobile devices and other you know voice aided assistance and other things, I think customers are are increasingly doing uh, more on their end, you know, to to self service. And so you know, brands that kind of meet them where they are in those moments, I think, are, are ultimately more successful. Um, so with 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 you know mobile devices and, and other um, technologies out there, I think, um, you know, brands are, are really starting to um, uh, inform their their strategies around, you know, these these different touch points. And, and I think it, it varies. It's it's not a, a linear journey, right? I think there's a lot of variables that uh, that come in and um, into play in different modalities in which customers are engaging with brands. And so um, the journey becomes more and more complex as technology gets more and more uh, evolved. And so being able to um, sort of map those touch points and really hone in on where those points of friction are that that uh, Tyler mentioned earlier and resolve some of those um, issues, I think, is is where uh, brands are seeing a lot of gains. Um, we've talked to a variety of different CMOs and CXOs, and, and a lot of them have, have acknowledged the fact that, you know, they're, they're operating in a, in a fractured state where they're doing some aspects of um, you know, engaging with with customers within their journey really well, and then in other areas they're falling flat, and so it's creating that um, unified vision for what that overarching journey should be. Um, it, that's where we're seeing a lot of um, leaders start to spend their time and effort in terms of identifying those those you know granular moments where they can really make an impact. Um, so, Tyler, I'll let you jump in a little bit here. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything. That, that Tom's referenced and, you know, getting a little, I don't know, like if I step back and I look at these problems, um, you know, I am from technically a millennial, but I feel like I sit on this edge between Gen X and, you know, a millennial, like I didn't have the internet, but then it came around when I was young. And so I kind of watched this thing develop over time. Right. Um, and, you know, specifically is younger generations are becoming more and more of the buyers like millennials are starting to enter their income making years right um all of, all of this idea like they're going to hold begin to hold more and more weight into the economy right the the digital economy and the experience economy that we always talk about like that segment is going to continue to grow um and because of that digital is always going to be like cuz these people are digital first like I think about my life, I wake up, what do I do? I check my phone, right? Like I don't want to, there's something saying like, oh, but, but it's what I do. Right. And anytime I, anytime I'm doing anything, the first thing I do is a Google search or try to find the brand online and the feelings that we get from interacting with the brand digitally is really the deciding factors now on if we are going to support this brand or not. Um, and so, you know, that is, that is very important when we, when we think about that, um, because, you know, when we talk about marketing and we talk about digital experience, you know, it's, it's really about influence and it's about getting users to become fans of your brand. So then you can, you know, give them like the, like ultimately the purpose is like, 
you're providing a service that's going to make their life easier, right? Like ideally that's the case and getting your brand in front of them as quick as possible at the right touch point to make their life easier or solve a problem for them. Like that's the whole purpose, right? And so as, you know, as this digital journey, like Tom says, continues to compound, it's just going to be more and more clear which experiences are good and which, which experiences are poor. And, you know, as a human being, again, going into like this kind of crazy place that I go, we don't make decisions. Like we like to think we make decisions rationally, but we don't, we make them based on feeling. And so if I have a really good feeling when experiencing your brand through a digital platform, I'm going to be a fan of your brand. Right. And so it's this mindset of, you know, what is not only just like the technology, but what is the feeling? How has it been designed? Does it feel good to be part of this brand? Um, I think, oh, sorry. Just, just, just tapping into that like emotional connection. I think one, one of the expectations I think that can drive a little bit of that emotion and affinity for a brand. Um, there's this expectation around like curation or personalization. Like as, as much as we as consumers, um, you know, are a little skeptical of, of data and, and privacy, I think there's still this desire for a brand to know me and curate sort of and recommend things to me that um that relate to me and and um uh not just like making a suggestion for something that i should buy but like being more informed about my preferences and and how i like to spend my time and um i think we're seeing some of that play out um in these you know more robust loyalty programs and things where where people feel like they're getting catered to in a very individualized fashion so i think that's an expectation that is emerging um but it is it kind of wrought with this uh uh, this this conflict of like you know the the value exchange that a consumer provides to a brand and then that brand provides back to the consumer by way of a curated experience. I think that's a that's a huge kind of part of that emotional tie that Tyler was just referencing. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of this emerging technology that is just rapidly expanding this year. It seems like. So we have generative AI, we've got AR and VR, we've got machine learning, so many new tools, um, and then even some really far-reaching things like the metaverse and things like that. So how should businesses be looking at this technology to harness it and use it in their business and for the online customer experience? Yeah, no, I think it's great. And and yeah, it's, it's definitely a topic that we continue to sort of discuss and, and kind of uh, dabble in with some of our clients. I think um, in terms of like generative AI and stuff, there's a lot of compelling use cases there. And, and that's ultimately what we're starting to explore with with some of our clients. And I know a lot of brands are, are diving in and, and getting their feet wet around kind of what the possibilities might um, have in store for the use cases around generative AI. Um, that said, I think a lot of brands are proceeding with caution because of some of the security and, and sort of privacy concerns that uh, come along with porting in uh, in some cases, proprietary information into these, you know, generative AI tools. So, um, so we've seen a lot of uh, curiosity around those things, and, and there's a lot of brands who are um, sort of proceeding with, you know, optimism, but but also a little bit of caution. Um, so I think that's an area of, of of real interest. And I think on the personalization front, I think that's where you know some of those curated and and really you know customized experiences start to come into play in terms of. Um, you know, where that could take us. Um, in terms of the metaverse and some of the kind of AR and VR stuff, um, yeah, there's a lot of brands that are dabbling in um, 
sort of immersive experiences and, and starting to, um, you know, create these interesting retail uh, moments within, uh, you know, either gaming experience or other metaversal experiences and, and seeing a lot of traction and interest. Um, so I don't know, there's, there's a ton of you know, wicked cool um, use cases out there around AR and VR. And we've done some work in that space for sure. Um, a lot of work in the gaming sector and and, and working with um, some virtual reality uh, sort of shopping experiences and things like that. So definitely seeing a lot more interest there. Um, and then I forget oh, some of the other um, things that you mentioned, I think IoT and, and some other uh sort of new technologies and, and different trends that are emerging. Um, we definitely play in that space on the on the product experience side. Um, and and again, a lot of times it's, um, you know, how how do these, you know, different new evolutions in, in technology really enhance a, a customer's experience or or create some resonance for your brand in the space? And, you know, is it a relevant, you know, use case for you? And is it a um, a place that you want to invest and and or will see a return on investment? So those are the types of things that um, we're, we're constantly, you know, hearing from clients and and evaluating as we, uh, uh, you know, get these requests. Yeah. I agree. And as a, as a tech geek, like I'm in love with it and I hate it at the same time. Right. It's, it's kind of this love hate relationship as far as organizations, you know, I think it really comes down to the goals and kind of where you play, um, as far as adopting and like my advice, I guess would be like, explore it. Right. Like this is, this is the new sandbox that we've all got. Um, pick a tool, explore it, like pick a use case. Um, you know, I, w what I see a lot of is how can I reduce the, the busy work, the task work, right? Like, Hey, I need to prep for something, or I need to create a bunch of content. I need to generate like idea generation is huge. We talk about the design world, right? Um, how can I generate a whole bunch of ideas really quickly? And, you know, the questions that come up are, well, are these original now, now, now am I having original thought or you know, is this just a, you know, is everything going to slowly become the same based on the models? And, and, and so my, like my advice is to, Hey, explore it, find a place, place of your business that you not, you might be able to look at, like, we're looking at it with content creation for sure. In the Adobe practice, like Adobe came and released their generative AI tools, their generative, um, you know, contextual text tools. And so if I'm creating content and I can create you know, artwork that's on brand very quickly, you know, as a business, I'm all for that. But as an individual producer, you know, whose job that is, and I think that's like one of the fears that people want to talk about quite a bit is like, is my job going to be replaced by AI? Or, and, and I'm like, no, because you still have to train it. And what you do, it's like, like, I, I see it as the evolution of, the painter switching to Photoshop, right? Like, oh, this digital tool's out. I'm never going to be able to paint again. But you still need the the artistic talent to, you know, do something within Photoshop. It's not like all of a sudden I'm a great painter. Now, it's just the evolution of the tool set. And so now the tool set provides a whole bunch of new things. And so if I can apply my cre creativity to that tool set, it's just another tool. I mean, that's, you know, kind of the the way that I see it all. But, you know, that's also just this crazy tech nerd guy. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So there are more of tools to enhance 
and the human element is still very critical, I feel like, as well. Yes. So last question. In the future, are there any industries or businesses that you see closing totally their brick and mortar locations and going online? Because I'm seeing more and more businesses closing and going online, especially in this economic downturn. So I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on this. I, I think it's a, it's an interesting question. And, and it's it's funny because we've seen it happen in the opposite way as well. We see a lot of D2C like you know, digital native companies that now have opened brick and mortar and, and are leveraging kind of the benefit of their brand and in, in rolling out, you know, key uh, locations to service their customers. So um, I, I'd say it, it's less about uh, different industries going strictly online or strictly digital and, and, and losing uh, physical presence altogether. I think it's more of a, maybe a more, um, maybe a more, uh, highly evaluated sort of retail um, kind of real estate strategy in terms of where they choose to place their bets uh, from a physical location perspective. I still think, you know, especially, um, you know, given given where we stand now in, in the world, I think people are um, feeling more connected with, you know, digital tools, but I think they're also longing for some of that personal, you know, connection and, and that human connection. And so um, I still feel like it's going to be a balance, you know, the whole notion of, fit digital or whatever term you want to use to talk about like the 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 omni-channel approach or the physical and digital components of a customer's experience i think um you know ultimately there will still be physical products and we will you know still need to engage with, with physical things so the idea that we'll leverage physical spaces i think will continue to evolve um and be empowered by you know digital mechanisms but i don't think it will go away and i don't think um you know brands or, or different industries will adopt strictly digital uh, formats for engaging with customers. Tyler, yeah. any last thoughts? No, I, I agree 100% with Tom on, on this. It's, you know, like going back to my comments around tools, right? The, the idea of us not like going back to, I don't even just human nature, like we want to be with other people generally. I mean, there's, you, I don't know, there's, you know, Sometimes I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to be alone. Right. But when it comes to like shopping, when it comes to like the, the thing that comes up to me is like my taxes, right? I don't want to do my, ta I don't want to go into a place and do my taxes. Sure. That business could go a hundred percent online, but a lot of it always depends on context. Now, if I'm like working with lawyers and I have, you know, a whole bunch, like I'm, I'm a billionaire and I'm going through my taxes, I'm probably not just going to go send a bunch of files to somebody and be like, Hey, take care of this. Like I'm going to want personal interaction. And so, you know, I see this as a wave of like constantly going to be like, hey, we're coming out of this, you know, um, pandemic area a little bit. And we're, we're really been kind of locked in. So we're craving this a little more. So you might see a little uptick, you know, oh, something else might happen in the world that's going to be like, oh, no, you know, I want to close off a little more for a little while. And it's just going to be this constant progression um, of certain things wanting to be more touchy feely. Right. But to Tom's point, you know, the, the digital interactions are also going to expand quite a bit to where we will be feeling that more through digital. And so I guess I don't have a great answer for you. Um, besides, I think it's just going to be continued to be a kind of a wave of some, some spans of time in certain industries, things will get very digital. I think healthcare, is one of those. But at the same time, there's certain procedures I'm just going to have to go in for, right? 
Um, but like I've had virtual visits with doctors at this point in my life and I loved not having to leave my house. But when I didn't leave my house for three days, then I felt really bad. So. <laughs> gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Well, I want to thank you so much, Tom and Tyler, for coming on the show today and sharing your insights and wishing you a great weekend. Thanks. You as well, Amanda. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks Amanda. Have a great day.